Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between you and your retirement. It's time to bridge that gap. Hello, Prosperity Nation. Dave Hall, the Prosperity Guy here. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you with me today. I have been so busy. I'm trying to get tax returns done before the tax deadline. I'm trying to help put retirement plans together for those who are trying to get to a safe and secure retirement. And I'm trying to make sure I get you the educational resources you need so that you can better understand your retirement. If you've not been to my website in a while, I invite you to go back. If you've never been there, please go to theprosperityguy.com. Here you will find information to help you get to a more safe and secure retirement. While there, I would encourage you to sign up for the Prosperity Club. This is where you'll be able to get instant access to the webinars that we teach. You'll also be able to watch the video. The tax train is coming. This was produced by David McKnight, the best-selling author of The Power of Zero. He crisscrosses the country talking to top economists about the future of tax rates. You'll also be able to sign up for the Changing World of Retirement webinar. If you've not yet taken advantage of this webinar, you are missing out. This is our four-hour deep dive webinar where we talk about retiring in the 21st century and the changes that you're going to need to make to your planning so that you can get to a more safe and secure retirement. You can also sign up for our new webinar on long-term care. This is where I talk about the consequences of a long-term care event in your retirement and some things you can do today to prepare yourself if that event were to happen. But before I get into the details of the show, let's go ahead and take a minute for a word from our sponsor. Today's show is being brought to you by eTrends Group, CPAs and Strategic Advisors. If you are tired of the struggles that come with trying to manage your own taxes, accounting, or bookkeeping, then you need to reach out and let the professionals at eTrends Group give you a hand. Learn more about their services and how they can help you with your common and not-so-common financial problems. Go to www.etrendsgroup.com. In today's podcast, what I want to talk about is the belief that I have that we're getting lulled to sleep as it relates to future risks that are facing our retirement. And there's three main areas that I have concern with, and they're areas that when I talk to people on a daily basis, I see that many of them are not concerned at all with, but that if it were to happen, would have a major impact on their future retirement. So I want to talk about each of those and what we can do to help prepare ourselves if these events were to happen. The first one is in regards to the stock market. When we look at what's going on in the stock market today, we have two sides of the coin. We've got one group of people that's saying that somewhere within the next month or two, we're going to have a complete collapse of the market down anywhere from 30 to 40%. We've got another group that's saying that the market's not going to change for a number of years now, that it's going to continue to go up. We're going to be able to recognize large amounts of revenue, and it is a great time to invest inside of the market. Well, as I look back in history and as I look at what's happened over the last five decades, what I realize is that the stock market always goes up, but it always has corrections. There was one during the 1960s, there was one during the 1970s, and then there was a big one in 1987. Many of you may remember this is the worst day the stock market's ever had. There was a 20% drop in the market in one day. And then it started climbing again. There was not a correction during the 90s, but in 2000, the market went down because of the dot-com crash, and it stayed down for a three-year period of time. And then in 2008, we had a systemic correction where everything went down because of the bond market and the mortgage debacle. Well, here we are, 2021. The market's uh, continuing to go up. It's been 13 years now since we've had any major correction. 
It is my belief that it's coming. When we look at what's going on in the market right now, there's nothing behind what's happening that would show us that the market could continue to sustain itself. But if you don't believe that, even if you believe that things are going to continue to go, what happens if there is a correction? And this is what we've got to look at. And as a retirement risk consultant, it's my job to help you stress test your retirement plan, to look at worst case scenarios, and then to be able to figure out if you can protect yourself against this happening. So if the market were to go down 40% over the next month, what would your retirement look like? Are you at a point that maybe you can wait out? the correction that if it takes two, three, four years to be able to come back, you're going to be in a position to where it's not going to affect your retirement greatly? Or are you in your 60s or 70s where you're already taking money out of the account? And if it goes down, it could end up cutting your assets down over 50% over the next few years. Well, what I am here to tell you is that we need to protect ourselves against this risk. Whether you believe it's going to continue to go up or whether you believe it's going to correct, there's an opportunity we have to take that risk off the table. And it's by using what I call principal protected products. This is where you're taking products that will allow you to invest money into the market. But if the market crashes tomorrow, it's never going to go down. That if you have a million dollars in the market, the market crashes, you'll still have a million dollars. You can sleep at night, you can move forward and not worry about having lost all of that money that your friends and neighbors did that had the, all of their money inside of the market. Now, it's not my recommendation that you put all of your money into these principal protected products because in order to get the safety, you may give up some return depending upon how you invest your assets and what assets you're trying to replace. So when we look at this, what do we want? We usually want your age divided into 100 principal protected. So if you're 55, we want about 55% of your assets invested into products that are never going to allow them to go negative. That if there is a market correction, you're going to stay above that line. So this is something I recommend you take into consideration regardless of how you feel about the market. Because again, if the market were to drop 40%, which it easily could, what effect would that have? And what effect would it have on your ability to maintain the lifestyle and the retirement you were expecting before this happened? The next one is in regards to current spending by the government. Over the last couple of years, we've seen trillions of dollars go out in spending. In fact, this last week, we had another $2 trillion proposal. It's uh, expected that there will be another $1 trillion proposal coming out over the next month. If you are a fan of the modern monetary theory, to you, this isn't a problem. It can continue to happen because governments can print money because they have a printing machine and when they're dealing with their own currency that you can do that forever and not have a financial effect on your society or on your people. The problem is, is there's a group out there, including myself, that believes this is going to lead at some point to hyperinflation. Well, what if that happens? Again, if we look at the worst possible consequences, what does that do to your retirement? Well, if you are already in retirement, this is a tax against savings. When you're working, usually your employer is able to increase your salary to a level that you're able to overcome inflation when it happens. When you're in retirement, the only inflation-adjusted income most people have is their Social Security. So you want to look at products that are going to allow you to get inflation adjustments. And these are principal-protected products. Many of them are designed to where as the cash values go up in these products, you're able to get a higher distribution amount to where you're able to better keep up to the inflation that's happening. And one of the things you need to understand about inflation is it is going to also reduce your spending power. If you have a 3% inflation rate over a 24-year period of time and you had $100,000 of spending power when you started, 
you're only going to have $50,000 of spending power at the end of that 24-year period. So something you want to take into consideration uh, when you're looking at the future. Again, if you are in agreement with monetary theory and you believe everything's going to continue on, still not a bad idea to start figuring out how you can deal with inflation if that does not happen. And the third one is tax rates. We have interesting discussions with people on this. The majority of people believe taxes are going to have to go up to continue to pay for the government spending, to pay for unfunded programs such as Social Security and Medicare that are scheduled to have financial strains over the next decade. But as we look at this, we realize that if tax rates are to go up, where you want your money is in tax-free assets. This is Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, maybe a Roth annuity, depending on your situation, a life insurance retirement plan. All of these give you the option to put money in, let it grow tax-free and come out tax-free. So this is something also that you want to take into consideration because I don't believe there will be a period of time that tax rates will ever be lower than they are today. When we look at what tax rates currently are, no matter whether you are rich, poor, middle class, we don't see a period of time where these tax rates can be less than they are today because even in January 1st of 2026, when we revert back to what the rates were in 2017, most people are going to see an immediate tax increase, even if it's only 2 or 3%. So I encourage you to look at these various risks, to realize that even if you're on the side where you believe the market will always go up, if you believe the government can continue to spend, if you believe taxes will not be a, a part of your future retirement concerns, that you reassess where you're at. Because when we look back at history on all of these, taxes have only been lower than they are now three times. When we look back until 1913, when taxes were first imposed, only been three times the taxes have been lower than they are today. We've never had a period of time in our history where the government's been willing to spend so much money so freely. And we've never had a market that just has gone up forever. There's always been corrections to that. So I do encourage you to reassess your retirement. If you want some help with this, if you would like a plan put together to allow you to better understand these risks, if you would like further education, I encourage you to schedule a strategy session. I will explain to you how our planning works, and then we will be able to move forward walking you through the process of how you can take these risks off the table and yet still get yourself to a safe and secure retirement that's going to allow you to do the things that you were going to be able to do otherwise if you were to continue to allow these risks to happen inside of your retirement plans. Prosperity Nation, it is time for questions and answers with our producer, C.R. Talene. Hello, CR. Welcome to the show. Ouch, Dave. My arm is still sore. What have you been doing? Did the goat get a hold of you this morning or what happened? <laughs> no animals this time. I actually got my COVID shot. Well, the first one of two. Oh, good, good. I got mine today as well. got my first shot. And I think I go back in three and a half weeks. I don't know if you had to set your second meeting up, but they required us to set up our second meeting. I think it's three, three and a half weeks from now. They just told us to call after three weeks. <laughs> Not quite as organized <laughs> as Walgreens, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So are you worried about side effects? I hear all these side effects. I'm a little nervous. A little bit. I will tell you uh, when I talk to many of my friends who've gotten the shot, many of them have had side effects to some level. So yeah, I'm a little concerned because I've got so much work I need to do. I can't handle being out of work for a couple of days right now. Yeah. My son got his on Monday and he was basically in bed for two days and said he just felt like he just got beat up. 
if that happens to me, I'm in trouble because I'm already about a week behind and that's just going to add two more days onto the process. So Dave, besides shots, what, what's new in life? I know you've got a couple changes. My daughter started her mission, but it's at home right now for the training portion of it. When I went on mine 30 years ago, we got to go to Provo, go into a mission training center where we were with all the other missionaries. That's been a little odd. I will tell you, having a missionary here at home, they dress up like a missionary does with their Sunday best, and she run, runs around the house doing webinars and meetings, and I seem to just keep interrupting all that. <laughs> well, as long as she's busy and active, that's exciting. I went down there today to have lunch, and all of a sudden, I hear her telling this story to someone on the other end of the computer about how she's in school, and they, she's too busy, and they can't come and see her, and I'm like, wait a second. You're here on a mission. This isn't your story, and then it dawned on me they were role-playing. So it really wasn't her being herself. She was playing someone else. And then it made a whole lot more sense. <laughs> well, things definitely change uh, from missions to to the way taxes are done. Even you know, we dive into the insurance. It seems like everything continually changes right now. Oh, it's changing at such a quick rate. We look at the government this week going after another two plus trillion dollars, a plan for another trillion dollars here within the next month. I, I just don't get it, CR. I don't understand how a government can take this much money, think they can put it into the system and not have some type of major financial consequences in the long term. I was hearing billions, but now I'm hearing trillions. And we're talking about infrastructures that I just don't see how this is going to solve the problem. It hit me today when I was thinking about this, that it was a lot like when I went, moved to Puerto Rico. When I moved there, I wanted to give back to the island, and so I started having job fairs. You know that. You helped me with some of those. Uh, this is great. I'm going to put these job fairs together. I'm going to get people more jobs. I'm going to help the island. And we did a couple of those, and we were able to find some jobs. But what I quickly realized is it was like shuffling the chairs on the Titanic deck because as I gave someone a new job, all I was doing was taking a job away from someone else. We weren't creating jobs, which is what needed to be done. And this is really what I'm seeing with the proposals that are going on now. They're saying, yes, we're going to give you new jobs, but they're in industries that they're going to take jobs away from another segment. So all you're doing is just reshifting the workforce, making people learn new skills, giving another person an opportunity. I really do not see how this is going to make any long term impact and how it's not going to create some major financial collapses on our markets as we look to the next five or 10 years. And we're so political right now, but we also have the minimum wage being raised to $15 everywhere is on top of all of this. We do see that. And I've got some mixed feelings in regards to that. I do believe that if you're at $7 an hour right now or seven seventy-five, whatever it is, you're way below where you should be. Now, $15 an hour in a rural area where you don't have the economic benefits of a large city, to me, that's a little strong that I think it should be more in the 10 to $12 range. But you see it across the board anyway. I, I'm seeing in these big cities, if you're going to get an employee to come work for you, you're going to have to pay $12, $15, $18 an hour just to get them to come work at this point. Well, Dave, I, I know we're getting into that political cycle. So I'm going to try to shift a little bit back into our retirement because I've got three great questions I want to throw at you today. Good, good. Well, I'm excited to answer these questions and excited to be here with you today and to be able to learn a little bit about that shot and what you had happen with you today. <laughs> that might happen next week when I tell you if I can even move next week. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, if you're not on the show next week, uh, listeners, you'll know why he's not here. <laughs> well, Dave, my first question I have comes from Kevin, and he's asking, why would someone take a reverse mortgage instead of a normal home equity? 
I guess no monthly payments versus having to make a payment, right? That is the main reason that people use a reverse mortgage is they don't want to have that monthly payment. They're trying to extend their cash flow to where they can use equity that they have in their home and have a better retirement. So that is the main reason people choose to go this route. Now, there are various options on how you can access the money from a reverse mortgage. You may choose to take a set payment every month throughout the rest of your retirement, or you may do a credit line where you have the freedom of when you take that money, or you may take a lump sum in the beginning and then use that money. But uh, that's really why people are doing is they want to use that equity without having the consequences of having to pay some type of payment throughout the rest of the retirement. So Dave, if I want to get a reverse mortgage, what do I have to do? Because I, I also heard that there's some consulting involved when I'm putting this together. It's a process and you do have to go through and get some consulting. That's the initial phase. So you've got to go through a program that the government set up for you to better understand what you're doing. You're going to have to pay for that. I'm not sure what the fee is now, but that's going to have to come out of your pocket. And then you're going to have to have an appraisal done on your home also that you're going to end up having to pay for. But once you've got those done, and that's all going to be with a reverse mortgage company, you're going to start there and then you'll go through these two steps. And then from there, they're going to put everything in place for you to be able to get that reverse mortgage. But it's like getting any other loan. There are requirements. Not everyone's going to be able to qualify for the reverse mortgage. Plus, you're going to want to make sure you understand how you're going to use that money. Because how you choose to use that money is really going to affect the, what you put into place and whether or not you use a reverse mortgage or not. You also can watch your reverse mortgage webinar. You can go to theprosperityguy.com and sign up for that. Or you can also sign up for the, the Prosperity Club there, and you can actually have the reverse mortgage video right there that you can watch and go through that. And so you can learn more about understanding reverse mortgages. Absolutely. And we've got a new webinar that's going to come out on reverse mortgages where we take even a deeper dive. It's going to be a two-hour course, a one-and-a-half to two-hour course, or we'll go into even more detail on the reverse mortgage because what we're finding is for the right person, it can be a great opportunity to get them to a more safe and secure retirement, but it's definitely not for everyone. All right, Dave, let's move on to Joan's question. And Joan is asking, is there an age cutoff to being able to contribute to a Roth? There is not an age cutoff. You can continue to contribute to these. Now, most people are not going to want to contribute into a Roth once they get into retirement, but if you've got income, which is a requirement to be able to contribute. You can't have no income and you can't have too much income. So as long as you meet the threshold, you could contribute into these into your 70s. But again, hopefully at that point, you're taking money out, not putting money in. Dave, why would someone want to contribute? Let's say if they're in their 70s, obviously they have to still be working, but why would they still contribute to a Roth even in their 70s? To some level, I'm not sure. Because if you look at someone that would be working into their 70s, for most people, they're at a point that they probably don't have a whole lot of money. So when you look at it as putting it into the Roth, the best option anyway, because they do have the standard deduction and they may be able to get that money out from a traditional without having to pay tax on it. And when they put it in, they didn't have to pay tax. So for most people, I'm not sure. Now, if you're super wealthy, I guess, and you're wanting to pass on a bunch of assets to your kids, maybe an opportunity to just build up tax-free assets that you can then transfer on to your children at some later date. That's what I was thinking, but I couldn't imagine anyone else that just says, yeah, I want to continue to throw money into my Roth at this point. What's a great time to start a Roth? The earlier, the better. I have people that are in their 20s that are setting these up. You have people in their teens. I can't tell you when you look at future tax rates. I don't think any of us will ever see tax rates lower than they are today. 
because of the spending that we talked about earlier, because of what's going on in the show today, I talked about some of those consequences. And I believe that now's the time. So if you've got money and you can put into a Roth, I would suggest you put it in there. All right, Dave, my last question from Leo. He's looking to know the pros and cons of consolidating multiple IRAs from different employers. The biggest benefit of consolidating these is getting to a point that you don't have to manage all of these because at some point you're going to have to have required minimum distributions coming out of these accounts and they're all based upon a percentage of the assets that are available. It's allowing you to consolidate to better pick maybe from a diversified side of it or even a fee side. The more assets you have, oftentimes you can get breaks on the fees that you're going to have to pay for these various uh, programs and plans. So I would recommend it that you consolidate as much as possible. Now, that being said, we see people that will have two or three different plans because maybe one of them's in a principal protected product and one's exposed to the market and one's a Roth account. So there may be multiple options, but for most people, I would recommend they just consolidate them down. And Dave, do you find people that that organize and put these together are going to be better off in retirement as well? Because for me, I I look at this and I think there is a benefit to have different IRAs, but I wonder if you put them together, if you're going to really help organize yourself and not lose anything, because I feel like there's a lot you can lose from this. Yes, there is. And the biggest thing I see is it's kind of reverse what we do during our working years from a saving standpoint. If you've got a large bucket of money, you think I can take some money out of here and it's not really going to affect me. So when we have a savings account, we're oftentimes taking money out of our largest bucket of money. When we have these retirement accounts, something changes in the brain. And it seems like if there's small amounts in an account, people are very willing to take those out of the retirement accounts. Like, oh, I only got $5,000 in there. I might as well liquidate, pay the tax, maybe even pay the penalty and take that money now rather than waiting until later. So it's a complete different mindset that when people build these assets up to 100000 or more, what we find is people are not as likely to liquidate the accounts, which is something we don't want people to do either. Because if you are, what you're doing is sacrificing your future retirement. And Dave, I, I really appreciate all the advice as I come on and continue to throw these questions at you. I, I know we're always short on time as we're trying to squeeze all these questions in, but, but thank you so much for letting me be part of the podcast all the time. You bet, CR. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Prosperity Nation, today we've talked a lot about the various risks facing your retirement from current economic situations that we're, current, we're facing. Very important that you get the risk off the table. And if you want to do that, all you got to do is go to my website where you can schedule a strategic session. I will sit down and start helping you go through the process you need to follow to be able to get to a more safe and secure retirement. My name's Dave Hall. I look forward to seeing you on next week's show. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Prosperity Gap. To learn more about The Prosperity Guy, visit theprosperityguy.com and find out how you can get a tax-free and risk-free retirement. 